0: In Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, for your word. We thank you for August the 20th. We thank you for today's reading, Lord. We exalt you. We praise you. You're the King of kings and Lord of lords, Lord. Thank you for giving us all that we need in this life and more, Lord. Give us ears to hear your word. And we thank you for what we have in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Esther chapter 8, verse
1: 1 to 10. Three. On that same day, King Zerbes gave the pop- property of Haman, the enemy of the Jews, to Queen Esther. Wow. Then Mordecai was brought before the king, for Esther had told the king how they were related. The king took off his signet, signet ring, which he had taken back from Haman, and gave it to Mordecai. And Esther told Mordecai to be in the then Esther went again before the king, falling down at his feet and begging them with tears to stop the evil plot devised by Haman, the Agri- 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 Agagite.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not you Complaining, anymore. Against the Jews. Um,
1: again, the king held out the gold scepter to Esther, so she rose and stood before him. Hallelujah. Esther said, If it please the king, and if I have found favor with him, and if he thinks it's right, and if I'm pleasing to him, let there be a decree that reverses the orders of Haman's son of Hamadatha the the Agagite, who ordered that the Jews throughout all the king's provinces should be destroyed. For how can I endure to see my people and my family slaughtered and destroyed, Then King Xerxes said to Queen Esther and Mordecai, The Jew, I have given Esther the property of Haman, and he has been impaled on a pole because he tried to destroy the Jews. Now go ahead and send a message to the Jews in the king's name, telling them whatever you want, and seal it with the king's signet ring. But remember that whatever has already been written in the king's name and sealed with his ring can never be revoked. So, on June 25th, the king's secretaries were summoned, and a decree was written exactly as Mordecai dictated. It was sent to the Jews and to the highest officers, the governors and nobles of all the 127 provinces, stretching from India to Ethiopia. The decree was written on the scripts and languages of all the peoples of the empire, including that of the Jews. The decree was written in the name of King Xerxes, and sealed with the king's signet ring. Mordecai sent the dispatches by swift messengers who rode fast horses, especially bred for the king's service. The king's decree gave the Jews in every city authority to unite to defend their lives. They were allowed to kill, slaughter, and annihilate anyone of any nationality or province who might attack them or their children and wives and to take the property of their enemies. The day chosen of this event throughout the provinces of King Zervis was March 7 of the next year. A copy of this decree was to be issued as law in every province and proclaimed to all the people so that the Jews would be ready to take revenge on their enemies on that appointed day. So, urged on by the king's command, the messengers rode out swiftly on fast horses, bred for the king's service. The same decree was also proclaimed in the fortress of Susa. Then Mordecai left the king's presence wearing the royal robe of blue and white, the great crown of gold and an outer cloak of fine linen and purple. And the people of Susa celebrated the new decree. The Jews were filled with joy and gladness and were honored everywhere. In every province and the city where the king's decree arrived, the Jews rejoiced and had a great celebration and declared a public festival and holiday. And many of the people of the land became Jews themselves, for they feared what the Jews might do to them. Whoa. Okay. So, on March 7th, the town, two degrees of the king were put into effect. On that day, the enemies of the Jews had hoped to overpower them, but quite the opposite happened. It was the Jews who overpowered the enemy. their enemies. The Jews gathered in their cities throughout all the king's provinces to attack anyone who tried to harm them. But no one could make a stand against them, for everyone was afraid of them. And all the nobles of the provinces, the highest officers and governors, and the royal officials helped the Jews for fear of Mordecai. For Mordecai had been promoted in the king's palace and his fame spread throughout all the provinces as he became more and more powerful. So the Jews went ahead on the appointed day and struck down the enemies with the sword. They killed and annihilated their enemies and did as they pleased with those who hated them. In the fortress of Susa itself, the Jews killed five hundred men. They also killed Parshandatha, Dalpan, Aspatha, Paratha, Adalia, Aridatha, Parmashata, Arishai. Ari Dai and Vaishtada. The ten sons of Haman's son of Hamatata, <laughs> The enemy of the Jews. <laughs>
0: Hamathata.
1: <Hamidata. laughs> the enemy of the Jews. But they did not take any plunder. That very day when the king was informed of the number of people killed in the fortress of Susa, he called for Queen Esther. He said the Jews have killed 500 men in the fortress of Susa alone, as well as Habit's says. If they have done that here, what has happened in the rest of the provinces, but now what more do you want? It will be granted to you. Tell me, and I will do it. Esther responded, if it pleased the king, if it pleased the king, give the Jews in Susa permission to do again tomorrow as they have done today, and let the bodies of Haman's ten sons be impaled on the pole."
0: On a pole.
1: On a pole. So the king agreed, and the decree was announced in Susa, and they impaled the bodies of Haman's ten sons. Then the Jews at Susa gathered together on March 8th and killed 300 more men, and again they took no plunder. Meanwhile, the other Jews throughout the king's provinces had gathered together to defend their lives. They gained relief from all their enemies, killing 75,000 of those who hated them, but they did not take any plunder. This was done throughout the provinces on March 7th and March 8th. They rested, celebrating their victory with a day of feasting and gladness. The Jews at Susa killed their enemies on March 7th and again on March 8th, then rested on March 9th, making that their day of feasting and gladness. So to this day, rural Jews living in a remote in remote villages celebrated an annual festival and holiday on the appointed day in late winter when they rejoiced and sent gifts of food to each other. Mordecai recorded these events and sent letters to the Jews near and far throughout all the provinces of King Xerxes calling on them to celebrate an annual festival on those two days. He told them to celebrate these days with feasting and gladness and by giving gifts to each of gifts of food to each other and parents to the poor. This would commemorate a time when the Jews gained relief from their enemies, when their sorrow was turned into gladness and mourning into joy. So the Jews accepted Mordecai's proposal and adopted this annual custom. Haman, son of Hamadatha, the Agite, the enemy of the Jews, had plotted to crush and destroy them on the date determined by casting lots. The lots were called Purim. But when Esther came before the king, he issued a decree causing Haman's evil plot to backfire and Haman and his sons were impaled on a sharpened pole. That is why this celebration is called Purim because it's the ancient word for casting lots. So, because of Mordecai's letter and because of what they had experienced, the Jews throughout the realm agreed to inaugurate this tradition and to pass it on to their descendants and to all who became Jews. They declared they would never fail to celebrate these two prescribed days at the appointed time each year. These days would be remembered and kept from generation to generation and celebrated by every family throughout the provinces and cities of the Empire. This festival of Purim would never cease to be celebrated among the Jews, nor would the memory of what happened ever die out among the descendants. Then Queen Esther, the daughter of Abihel along with Mordecai the Jew, wrote another letter putting the Queen's full authority behind Mordecai's letter to establish the festival of Purim Letters wishing peace and security were sent to the Jews throughout 127 provinces of the Empire of Xerxes. These letters established the festival of Purim, an annual celebration of these days at the appointed time, decreed by both Mordecai the Jew and Queen Esther. The people decided to observe this festival just as they had decided for themselves and their descendants to establish the times of fasting and mourning. So the command of Esther confirmed the practices as Purim, and it was all written down in the records. King Zerbe imposed a tribute throughout his empire, even to the distant coastlands. His great achievement and the full account of the greatness of Mordecai, whom the king had promoted, are recorded in the book of history of the kings of Media and Persia. Mordecai the Jew became the prime minister with authority to that, next, to that of King Zerbe. Himself, he was very great among the Jews, who held him in high esteem, because he continued to work for the good of the people and to speak up for the welfare of all their descendants. Amen.
0: Oh. Amen. Good job, bro. Oh, yeah. There was a point in here that I caught. Now, uh, it was interesting to see. You know, first of all, that uh, Mordecai got promoted, and mm-hmm. they gave him the land, the executor yeah, the of, the, of mm-hmm. the Naaman's land. You mm-hmm. can imagine what the state was like, too, you know, because mm-hmm. he was very rich, extremely mm-hmm. rich. And then the Paul says this, all ten sons yeah. of his mm-hmm. on the same pole, one by one. Can you imagine? Like mm-hmm. shish kebabs. Right. That's um, another thing, but I forget. I didn't get it.
1: Well, it's interesting that the decree that went out said that they were they were given permission to slaughter they were allowed to kill, slaughter and annihilate anyone of any nationality or province who might attack them or their children and wipe them to take the property of their enemies as well. Yeah. This day was for the event throughout all the provinces of King Service was March seventh of the
0: next year. It's interesting that uh, they, they feared God and they didn't take any plunder.
1: Yeah,
0: plundering.
1: Yeah,
0: they didn't take any plunder, you know. Even though was,
1: the decree said they could.
0: Yeah, you know, there's a fear. Uh, that was great, and I guess they already knew who's been taunting them and who's been threatening them that they're gonna, because yeah. they they went at them, and it doesn't seem like the other people defended themselves because they said they were s- scared of the king. I mean, of Mordecai because he'd been. You know, he's been lifted up. Man, that was a big providence. Did you see it all the way over? <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. job. Okay. So, um, but it's amazing how, you know, she, I like the way she, if it pleases the king and if I have found favor with him and he, if he thinks it is right and if I'm pleasing to him, let there be decree that would be reversed the orders of Haman, huh? If I had found favor. And he just handed her the golden scepter. Isn't that awesome?
0: Amen. Okay, f- you'd, f- should we move on? Yeah. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, t- verses 27 to 13, 13. Mm-hmm. All of you believers together are Christ's body. All of you believers together are Christ's body. And each of you is a part of it. Here are some of the parts God has appointed to the church. First are apostles. Second are prophets. Third are teachers. Then those who do miracles. Those who have the gift of healing. Those who can help others. Those who have the gift of leadership. Those who speak in unknown languages. Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. Mm. But But now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possess all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but I didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor, and even sacrifice my body I could boast about it, but if I but if I didn't love others I would have gained nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely. Just as God now knows me completely, three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greater of these is love. Amen. Interesting, huh? Let Mm. me uh, read the uh, study. It says, Today, some consider certain spiritual gifts more useful than others. Some gifts seem to provide more benefit to the church while others seem to be limited in what they can do. (sighs) Yet, in many cases, we pay more attention to this or that spiritual gift and ignore love. But Paul says the love outstrips them all. Christians can offer their gift to the church, and the church can thrive because of them. But while these spiritual gifts may help a church grow, the community of God's people is a place where love should define every relationship without it. The church is just another organization. Love often seems less useful or productive than these spiritual gifts, but Paul tells us that spiritual gifts are only partial and will one day be useless, but love will last forever. Rather than praising some gifts more than others for the result they generate, we should be concerned which whether love is the motive and the goal of everything we do. Every spiritual gift must be infused with love. How should love change the way you serve others with your gift? Amen. Amen. All right. Let's go to uh, recommit yourself to trusting God by resting on His presence. Psalms 37, 1 through 11. Don't worry about the wicked or envy those who do wrong, for like grass, they soon fade away. Like spring flowers, they soon wither. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take the light in the Lord, and He will give you your heart's desire. Amen. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust Him, and He will help you. He will make you innocent and radiant like the dawn, and the justice of your cause will shine like noonday. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for Him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret because of their wicked schemes. Stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Don't lose your temper. It leads only to harm. For the wicked will be destroyed, but those who trust in the Lord will possess the land. Soon the wicked will disappear. Though you look for them, they will be gone. And lowly they will possess the land and will live in peace and prosperity. The lowly will possess the land, and will live in peace and prosperity. Proverbs 21, 23, 24, Watch your tongue, and keep your mouth shut, and you will stay out of trouble. Mockers are proud and haughty. They act with boundless arrogance. Amen. Amen. Okay. The word of the Lord.
1: Amen. We did it, babe. Go take a shower now.